all this crazy mess that's going on in our culture, I'm thankful to be in a church that celebrates diversity because that's the beautiful picture of the kingdom of heaven. Have a Hispanic pastor, a black worship pastor that's also an immigrant, uh, you know, white people, black people, Hispanic people. Sri Lankan people if you are of another nationality I just want you to know we flip and love you and we are so happy that you're here in this yes Tyler in this southern church we are going to be seriously we are going to be a representation of the kingdom of Jesus in the 21st century here at Legacy Nashville we are going to be diverse we are going to be multi-generational we're going to be multi-racial multicultural all of those things we're going to come together as one unite around the cross and under the blood of Jesus and lift up his name no matter where you come from you have a seat at the table and uh, to be honest with you guys I um, as I'm preparing to preach today, I, I, I was I had a little trouble going to sleep last night looking over my sermon because I was watching videos of what happened in Charlottesville and we prayed last week over that mess and we rebuked the spirit of white supremacy and racism and hatred and bigotry and all of that. And we say, you will bow your knee and you will confess with your tongue that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I watched some of those videos and, and uh, I'm sure many of you have seen those videos. But I just felt so moved watching them because I know that, you know, people are trying to decide how to defend their side and all of that. And, and I couldn't help but just try and get near to the heart of Jesus long enough to to see what he sees and to feel his heart breaking over the state of our nation and what's happening there and for you this may not even hit home at all and that's okay if it doesn't yet but I've been a part of a culture for a number of years that has stood up for those that have been trafficked. Human trafficking has been a big deal to Christians. I've been a part of a culture that has stood up for the unborn. Abortion has been a big deal to Christians. And now this issue of race is surfacing and all of a sudden everybody's got cold feet. Nobody wants to say something about it. But I'm going to be honest with you guys. I feel that there is a stirring happening and I feel that there are people who are called to speak up and to say something and to take their place for such a time as this to stand for the kingdom of Jesus Christ in love. And it's okay if the conversation makes you a little uneasy. Could we just pray and just ask God for his heart on the whole thing? Because, you know, if we have the heart of Jesus and we're broken on behalf of those that are suffering at the hands of hatred then we will be clothed in the spirit of breakthrough to do something about it but you know that's the thing you won't have break, breakthrough where you're not broken hey if you're waiting to take notes I've already started preaching you're not gonna you're not gonna have breakthrough where you're not willing to be broken And 
And it's important that we expose ourselves to the heart of Jesus long enough to be broken over the things that he's broken about. Are you guys with me this morning? Is this okay? Hey, I'm just being courageous. I'm just being vulnerable with you guys. Is it okay this morning? So um, I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians. And uh, I'll weave some of this stuff through the message today, perhaps. But, you know, I, I, I really, I, I really feel the need to speak into our lives, current tense. You know, I, I don't think that church should be uh, just a refuge from what's happening in the world. I think church should also be a place where disciples of Jesus Christ are equipped to bring the kingdom in the world. I'm going to get some amens out of you guys before it's all said and done today. Are you guys alive in here this morning? And I don't know about you, but I came to church this morning as a disciple of Jesus Christ to become equipped for the great work that Christ has called the church into. And I expect to leave here today with something in my tool belt that I did not walk in with. And I want God to increase the anointing on our church. I want God to increase the anointing on your life because you're not called to be an anointed bench warmer. You are called to be a world changer. You are called to write history. You are called to make a difference. Winston Churchill used to say, history will be kind to me for I intend to write it. There's been no history maker like Jesus. And if that is the one that we confess to to follow, then what is your portion? You are called to make a difference. You are called to change the world. You're not called to set idle on your hands. You're not called to be silenced. You're called to stand up for the voiceless. You're not called to be voiceless. And I believe that I've come to church today and that I'm gathered around Jesus in a room of people that are feeling the kick of destiny on the inside of them. You didn't come to church just to punch a religious time clock. You came to church because your heart beats fast after Jesus. You're passionate about being in the presence of God and being transformed into His image so that you might be equipped for the good work that He's called you to do. We don't come to church simply out of religious exercise. We can get calisthenics done at the gym, at the Y. We can dance and run the treadmill there. But we dance in here and we lift praise. We lift glory to Jesus Christ because we confess that unless He moves on us, we will remain the same and we will be without what our soul desperately craves and needs, which is the very presence and the person of King Jesus. And so we ask you, Lord, stoke our fire this morning. Move us beyond consumer Christianity into a passionate pursuit of your face. Take us beyond coming to see a show and move us into the spirit. We don't want to simply be here like it's, uh, you know, just part of our week. It's just a routine part of our week. We want seeing you to be the highlight of our lives. 
So I am, I, I'm going to preach to you guys today, and, and I hope I don't scare you. I'm, it's not my intention to scare you, but um, I, I just, I just, I just want to be myself. Is that okay? So I want to read from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 3, and then I want to jump down and read verse 11 through 15. I'm going to read from the NIV. You can follow along on the screen, but essentially what I want to talk about today is becoming mature. I'm going to be sharing a word called a message on maturity. How many of you guys know that you're called to mature and to become like Christ and to bear fruit. Let me hear you say amen. Amen. If that's you, say amen. Amen. Ephesians 1 says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Everybody say that last part with me. You have received. God has sown a seed of destiny into your life. You're not waiting on it. It's not coming one day. It's already been planted in you. You have received a seed from heaven. You have received a calling. If you are a Christian, you are called. Let me hear you say, I I have have received. received. The seed is already there. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Verse 11, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Everybody say mature with me mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming instead speaking the truth in love we will grow everybody say that part together we will grow Now, Paul's already told us that a seed has been planted, that we have received a calling from God. And now he's moving into the growth of that seed. He's moving into the stewardship of that seed. And he's leading us into where God has called us to grow, which is the next portion, to become in every respect the mature body. Let me hear you say maturity one more time. Maturity. Now, that is the fruit of what God intends to see from our lives. That we would all bear fruit and become mature. The calling is the seed. The growth takes place. And then we bear fruit with Jesus. That is what we've been called into. So let's pray. Lord, we ask you once more to be with us this morning as we confess and acknowledge that your presence is here. God, we truly ask you to move in us and don't leave us the same. God, shift something today. If we're sleeping, wake us up. If we're apathetic, shake us. If we are indifferent, break us, move us, help us. Pour your love out on us. 
pour so much love into us, God, that the broken places of our lives would refresh others. Pour so much through us, God, that the places that are broken in us would feed the multitudes. And we pray that today, God, as we get vulnerable and honest together in Jesus' name. And everyone said, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. So, Ephesians chapter 4 is an interesting passage to me. I mean, I've heard a lot of good messages on Ephesians 4. Commonly, um, the message is surrounded um, by this idea of the fivefold ministry the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. But I want to look at it from a different angle today, and I want to begin with verse 1. The way in which Paul starts is fascinating to me because he doesn't leave any wiggle room. He doesn't say, well, maybe you're called. Maybe you'll do something great in your life. Maybe you'll mature. Maybe one day you'll bear fruit if you do a good job. I mean, right from the beginning, as Paul begins his address, he says that we are all called, that we have all received a calling from Christ. That calling is to become like Christ. If you are a Christian, you are called. Look at your neighbor and say, you're called. called. That's it. Say, he's talking to you. If you came in here and didn't know that you were called, I want you to know now that you are called. Now, when you hear somebody say that, you're called, you're called, you're called, then you have to think, well, what am I called to? I've heard people say that all the time. You know, I've heard people say that a lot. I'm called, but what am I called to? Well, Paul makes it very clear in this passage that we are all called to grow, we are called to mature, and we are called to bear fruit with Christ. Each and every one of us are called to grow We are called to mature, and we are called to bear fruit. How many of you know you're called to bear fruit? Amen? How many of you guys want to bear fruit? How many of you guys want to make a difference with your life? How many of you guys want people surrounding you at your funeral saying, Wow, the world was a better place because that woman lived. History was different because that man laid his life down for Christ. I'm not just talking about fruit that shrivels up and dies in a season. I'm talking about fruit that remains and changes the world. Fruit, you, are you guys with me this morning? Uh, maybe, I, maybe I'm just going, maybe I'm, I'm shooting too high. Am I shooting too high? Because I think I'm talking to a room of people who are filled up with the very person of Jesus Christ. And nothing shall be impossible for those that believe. Amen. And this is the fruit that Christ calls us to bear. If you are a Christian, you are not called to stay stagnated or stunted. You are called to grow, mature, and to bear fruit. You are not called to examine your past and stay under your shame. You are called to grow and to mature and to bear fruit. You are not called to stay in the same spot for decades. You are not called to look at your first six months in Christ and say, man, that was my high watermark in God. I guess it'll never get better. And spend your whole life trying to get back to that place that you were in three months after you repented for the first time. That is not what Christ has called you to do. Christ has called you to grow grow and to mature and to bear fruit. Amen? 
bear fruit. Now, I, I mentioned this last week, and I really think it's important to mention again, is that the topic of personal growth and development is, is trending at an all-time high. If you go on Amazon.com, you can find tons of personal growth and development books. They're all on there. Everybody loves reading them. And I think that's a great thing because in our culture, we all seem to have a passion to produce. We want to bear fruit. We may not use that religious language, but the truth is, is that our culture wants to produce. They want to mature. They want to grow. They want to bear fruit. Well, I don't know if we always want to mature as a culture, but we sure do want to bear fruit, right? We don't want the toughness of the growth, but we sure do want the fruit. Can I get a good amen, right? I don't want to do all the work, you know? I I heard somebody say this past week, and I don't know if you guys know who Heidi Baker is or not, but they said, man, everybody wants to be like Heidi, but just without all the orphans. And I, you know, and I don't, I don't know if you guys know who that is. It's like, hey, I want all the fruit, but I don't want the hard work of the growth. You know what I mean? And so, but we, we, I, I think it's a good thing, you know, that our culture wants to produce. I think it's a good thing that our culture wants to bear fruit. But the very nature of the way in which our culture is growing is that this goal for growth is always eluding us. There's no real purpose, especially not an eternal purpose for our production. We simply look at what we're growing towards and say, I want more. It's always about more. There's no real goal. There's no real bullseye. There's no real purpose for the production. It's just simply this, more. I want more money. I want more influence. I want more fame. I want more opportunity. I want more fill in the blank, whatever that is. That's the only purpose for the production is simply more. And that's our culture today. And we have a word for that. And that word is called consumerism. Are you guys aware of this, right? And unfortunately, this attitude has made its way into the church. And if you've acknowledged that, just, just, you know, under your breath say, amen. That's, yeah, it's true. I, I, I have seen that, you know, because there's no real purpose for the production. It's not about feeding other people. It's about getting fed ourselves. It's, it's, it's not about serving anybody else a plate. It's about filling ours up and eating and hopefully they get a scrap. It's, it's not about helping anybody else encounter God. It's bless God, I'm going to encounter God and get what I came here for. And I don't care what happens to anybody else. I just know I'm going to get my encounter. Well, what about other people's encounters? Because by and large, I would say at least the tradition that I've grown up in doesn't really care about that stuff. Because we've come into this place with this mindset of, you know, consumerism is the diet of the day. And I don't really have a purpose for my production. I just need more, more, and more. You guys with me this morning? Have you noticed this? Have you seen this? And I do think that it's good that we want to bear fruit, but I think that it's bad that there's no real purpose for the production. And in the kingdom of God, I want you guys to know this. There is always purpose for your production. You are called to produce, but there is purpose attached to it. And the purpose is eternal. There is a purpose for your production. It's not just for you to eat. It's for other people to eat too. It's not just for you to be blessed. It's for other people to be blessed too. It's not just for you to be served. It's for other people to be served too. Are you guys with me today? I know I'm pushing you a little bit, but I I, I want some response. I want you guys to get in this with me. Because at the end, we're going to do a a dance party. (laughs) 
I, I don't know. I don't have that plan, but I, I thought it'd be fun. But Paul tells us, you, you've received a calling, man. Like, you, you can't turn away from it. it. It's in you. If you're a believer, if you're a, if you're a disciple, if you're a Christian, there's a calling in you. And, and, and even if you've suppressed that calling today, I would almost bet you, I, I, would, I would be led to believe that even if it's just a little whisper, it's kicking in you right now. Because it's like, uh, yeah, I heard these messages before. Golf clap. You know what I'm saying? But I'd almost bet, even if it's just a whisper, I feel like there's, there's some purpose kicking in you today. There's, some, there's a calling, the calling that's in there. See, you can't repent of the calling. The calling's in there because Jesus is in there. And so the calling is there. And so even if you've suppressed the calling, the calling is kicking. I believe that the calling is kicking today. Yeah, just say that with me. The calling is kicking. I didn't want to be pregnant, but I'm pregnant. That's what my wife said when we had the second, you know, but that's the, that's the nature of it, guys. You may not want to be, but you are. You got a calling that's kicking on the inside of you and you cannot get rid of it. I, okay. <laughs> but that is God's goal for your growth. It's not a moving target. It's not an invisible bullseye. It's not just so that you can consume more. God has a goal for your growth, and that is for you to become mature so that you can produce fruit, but not just so that you can get fed, but so that other people can get fed. So that hungry people who are far from God and don't know about Jesus can get fed. We, We are called to be a group of producers that do not just feed ourselves. Babies can't feed themselves. Infants can barely feed themselves. And I have a two-year-old, and he doesn't feed himself well. We got a brand-new couch. It's already got blueberry stains on it, you know? But I feel like that's how we are sometimes as Christians. We either don't feed ourselves, or if we do feed ourselves, it's only for us, and we're extremely selfish, and we make a mess at the same time. But God's called us to mature, to come to a place where we're not just feeding ourselves, but where we're feeding other people. And our calling has a purpose. And I know some people are like, I'm not called to perform. You're talking about performance. No, Christians are not called to performance. Christians are called to produce. You don't have to perform on stage, but you produce as a result of being connected to Christ. And, and, and that's why Jesus can expect fruit from you is because he's connected to you. You are expected, you are called, you are purposed to bear fruit. If nobody's told you recently, can I tell you, you are called to change the world. You are called to write history. You are called to make a difference. Your life is supposed to count for something. You're not supposed to go to the grave thinking the best of that person died on the inside of them. No, you are called. You are called to greatness. You are called to awesomeness. You are called to beauty. You are called to create. You are called to do something significant. You are not insignificant. You are not a nameless orphan. You are not a faceless, nameless generation. You have a face. You have a name. You're called to contribute, not just to be a consumer. But see, that's the nature of the culture. It's like, hey, let's keep everybody dumbed down by keeping them in a cycle of consumption. 
If we can just keep feeding them a steady diet of what's going to keep them coming back and consuming, then they'll never become like Christ. They'll never make a difference. They'll never speak up. We'll keep their mouth shut by continuing to stuff them full of stuff that doesn't matter. Is this too real? Okay, okay, I'm I was going to say I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, actually. I'm sorry, not sorry. But, you know, we're called to mature and to bear fruit. I looked up that word mature um, this week, and I was fascinated by it because the, the, the word mature is actually the word maturus in the Latin, which is where we get our word mature, and it actually means to become ripe. And I was like, all right, that's, that's interesting. Become, I'm like, God, I want to become ripe. <laughs> you know, you pray weird prayers when you're in study, and, and, and I'm like, you know what I don't like? I don't like eating any fruit that's not ripe. I don't know about you guys, but I hate eating fruit that ain't ripe. You know, but we're steady trying to share ourselves with people and we're immature. And they're like, that's gross. I don't, who wants to be a Christian? Who wants to go to church with you? Who, I don't want to go to legacy. You know, you bless me, you know, over here, but over there, you're talking bad about our boss. You're cussing out our coworker. You're nasty on Facebook. You're meaner on Twitter. You know, I don't even know. To become ripe, you know, that, that's, that's what maturity is. And, and I don't like eating, eating things that are not ripe. And, and uh, uh, more specifically, you know what is gross when it's not ripe? Avocado. It, it's disgusting. I mean, I, I, but you, you know what's funny about avocado is avocados are like trending at an all-time high right now. I mean, if you go to any brunch spot in Nashville, they are prepared to sell you an avocado toast for $12.99. And I'm like, you, it's an avocado. You bought that from Kroger. It's not even organic. You smashed it up with a smooth spoon and put it on some multi-grain bread. Why is this costing me half my paycheck? You know, you're like, but it's because it's popular, man. Avocados are so popular right now. You go to Pinewood Social, you know, you see people standing up on their chair trying to get that perfect picture, you know, of avocado because because there's something that compels us. It's like, oh, there's an avocado on the table. I better take a selfie with it so that everybody knows that I'm cool. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And, 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 and the, crazy, the crazy thing about avocado, in my opinion, is avocado's not even really that good. And I know you guys are going to throw some shade on me for that. But, but, but here's the thing. It's like the, the, the measure of precision required even to eat an avocado is like bringing a spaceship back through Earth's atmosphere. I mean, you have to hit it at just the right time. If you open it on the wrong day, it's gross. If it's not ripe, it tastes like a tennis ball. If it's over done you know it's brown and disgusting and the best thing you can do with it is put it in a smoothie you know but you know we're steady posting pictures of it like they're sponsored ads like we're getting paid by avocado you know what I'm saying and it's <laughs> are you, have you guys noticed this this trend right but avocados are gross when they're not ripe yeah, to eat an avocado, like, you have to be a professional, man. You have to, like, it's a skill. You know, you have to take a course on how to eat an avocado. And, and what my point, the point I'm trying to make here is, is that an avocado is not fit for consumption when it's not mature. All right? We are not fit to be shared when we're not mature. Nobody can eat from us. 
Nobody can be fed from us. Nobody can grow as the result of our gifts while we're immature. We have to mature in order for other people to be fed from our lives. While we're immature, it is impossible for us to produce good fruit. I've mentioned we're called to produce fruit, but we cannot produce good fruit if we're immature. We can't actually produce what God has called us to produce when we're immature. And here's what I mean by fruit. Fruit is what we produce in partnership with Christ. You guys ever heard this before? Um, What you give birth to in the flesh, you have to steward by the flesh. But what you give birth to in the spirit, God's spirit will steward with you. Fruit, Fruit is what is produced out of personal connection to Jesus. That's the spiritual fruit that we're called to bear. Fruit is what happens when we allow Jesus to live his life through us. That's what fruit is. As we allow Jesus Christ to live his life through us, through you and I, spiritual fruit is produced. And it feeds the world. And the church feeds the world. And there's no hungry among us because the church is feeding the world because we're producing good spiritual fruit because we're mature. We're not immature. We're not trying to conjure it up and and, and fix a meal out of leftovers and offer it to the world. But we're giving the world the best thing that it's ever tasted because it's come not from us, but it's come from our core, which is Christ. And that is the fruit that we have been called to bear. That is the fruit that we have been called to produce. Amen, church? And this fruit, I want you guys to know, Jesus expects you to produce it. Is it okay that I say that? Jesus expects you to produce it. As I mentioned before, Jesus expects you to bear fruit because Jesus is connected to you. That's why Jesus can expect you to bear fruit. And we see in John chapter 15, Jesus says, My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much. Everybody say much. Much fruit. See, notice he didn't say just, when, just that season when you first get saved. That's when you're going to be fruitful. Or, you know, just three or four times in your lifetime, you're going to produce something good. No, no, he said we're called to produce much fruit. And when we produce fruit, we prove to be the disciples of Christ. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why people are scratching their heads over who and who is not a real Christian because of the lack of fruit. But when, but when we produce much fruit, we prove to be disciples. And, and Jesus says, like, Jesus is like, this is a byproduct of maturity. Whenever you're fruitful, that's evidence of your maturity. But, but I think one of the reasons why we're not mature and we're not fruitful is this. Consumerism. To bring it back to that point. I think that's the reason why, as Christians today, we don't grow and become mature. We don't grow and produce fruit because we are stuck in a cycle of consumerism. And here's how to know if you're stuck in a cycle of consumerism. If everything that you feel like you need is out there. Not in here. Not in here. Not in here. Not in your spirit. Not in your heart. But it's out there. Because you've gone beyond once. There are needs now. I need that. I need that new car. I need that You guys with me? 
it's not a want anymore. I need more followers on Instagram. I need to be accepted by this person. I need that status symbol. I need that promotion. It's not even a want anymore. It's not a desire anymore. That, That right there is evidence that we could be stuck in a cycle of consumerism because everything that we feel like we need is somewhere out there. Not in here. Because what consumerism does is it shifts our focus. It shifts our focus from what God has put in us to what the world is withholding from us. You might be stuck in a cycle of consumerism if your focus is no longer on what Christ accomplished on the cross and put in you, the calling that he's put in you, the, the identity that he's put in you, the maturity that he's called you to, the fruit that he's called you to bear. And the focus is, I'm just feeling my way, uh, you know, through the marketplace, trying to get all the things that I need to feel accepted by my community or to prove a point to my parents that I am valuable and worthy of love and acceptance. Like, are you guys with me? That's a a cycle of consumerism, and that's what we need to break free from so that we can mature and can bear fruit. We won't bear fruit as long as we're stuck in that cycle. And let me tell you something to go a little bit further. You won't actually live an abundant life. You'll live a shallow life. You'll live a life that that is determined by uh, how much and how often you consume rather than the abundant life Christ has called you to to be so full that you can give. I've met people with tons of possessions, tons of money, and I've counseled with them and sat over coffee with them, and they said, man, I got everything I could ever ask for, but I feel so empty. I got plenty of money in my retirement. I bought this number of houses. I got this car. I'm t- I know people today. I know, I know people right now that live in other states that got more money, well, as my dad would say, than you can shake a stick at. I don't, e- I don't even know what that means. That's a Kentucky thing. And, and they, got, they got garages full of cars, and, and they DM me on Instagram. Hey, can you pray for me? Hey, can, can, can you cover my family? Well-known, like, these, these people are doing good for themselves. I'm broken. I'm empty on the inside. That's because we all need the same thing. It doesn't matter how much we've consumed. doesn't matter how much possessions we have. doesn't matter how insulative we've become. We all need the same Jesus. We've all been called to the same maturity. We've all been called to become like him. And we've all been called to produce the fruit. We've got to break free from that consumerism. And, you know, I, 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 can, I can hear, you know, some people responding to this message. Not you guys in here, the people on the podcast or maybe the people in the first service. But, you know, like... Like, wow, that's great for you. That's awesome for you. You know, you're a pastor. You know, you're, 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 you're a priest. Like, you're, you're clergy. Uh, you're called uh, uh, to that. You don't know my circumstance. You don't know my story. You don't know my season. You don't know what I've been through. You know, you don't know what my upbringing was like. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. You don't know what my last season has been like. I've been really sick. You don't know what my relationships have been like, or better yet, what they've not, you know, what they've not been like, what I've not had, what I've, what I've never been given. See, that lens of lack is the, is the evidence of the discipleship of consumerism. 
Because consumerism always steeps us in what we don't have, where the gospel steeps us in what we already have received. I would like to break free of this together today. How about you guys? Oh, but you know, hey, law, look, I get it, man. I, you know, I hear, I hear you. I, I hear what you're saying, but, but, but that's ridiculous, man. You know, you don't know my, you don't know my situation. You don't know my season. You don't know the, you don't know the cards I was played. You don't know the upbringing I had. You don't know the parents I had. And, and I understand that. I, I want you to know. I empathize with you, empathize with you, and, and, and perhaps it may, it may even feel unfair that we would get up and say, well, God expects you to bear fruit. God expects you to grow. God expects you to mature. God expects you to bear fruit. How could God, who is good, expect me to bear fruit when I've never been given any seed to sow? And maybe that's where you're at today. I don't have any seed. I didn't get that silver spoon. I didn't get that calling to be a pastor. I didn't have that relationship. None of my pastors ever paid me any attention. I was rejected. I was abandoned. And now I feel what you're telling me, that calling that's kicking today. I feel it too. And I'm confused because my lot was not good. I did not get what I needed. And here I am listening to you preach today with this kick in my belly thinking, yeah, that might be me, but... Ah, nah, and the enemy's trying to suppress it. But I want you to know something today, that God never puts a demand on what God never gave as a deposit. The demand that you feel is evidence of the deposit that's already been made. The fact that Christ expects fruit to come from you is the evidence that the seed has already been deposited into you. He's already put it in there. That's why he can ask for it back. If I rolled up to my bank this afternoon, well, tomorrow, and, uh, you know, I said, hey, let me get 100 grand cash out today, they would probably laugh at me or call the cops on me because I have never deposited 100 grand cash. And that may be how we feel when Christ says, uh, I expect fruit. You know, that's what we feel. Ah, you know, Jesus is demanding something from us. But let me, let me let you know, Jesus is not trying to rob you. He already deposited it into you. And that's why he's able to expect it back from you. He's put the seed in you. It's there. The calling is there. The destiny is there. The identity is there. All it's going to take is some nurturing. All it's going to take is turning from consumerism to cultivation. And I want to invite you to do that with me today. Please stand. Here's why, here's, why I've, here's why I've given this message today. It's because you are a part of a family that believes in you. Can you guys say amen to that? Amen. You are a part of a church that believes in your calling. You guys say amen to that? I believe that every single one of you guys are anointed to do something amazing for Jesus. I, I don't want to let you just hang out and, and join a club. There's a YMCA. It's pretty nice. It's right down the road from here, you know, and I like it. It's fun. I went there to play basketball a few weeks ago, but, but this is church. This isn't a club. This is where people get free. 
This is where people are delivered. This is where people are set on fire. This is where people uncover their destiny. This is where identity is revealed. This is where calling is affirmed. This is where you are equipped by apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the work of the ministry to bring people to unity and to release peace. That is the calling that you've been called into and you're called to do it with gentleness. You're called to do it with patience. You're called to do it with kindness. You're called to do it in love. This is what you're called to. If you're a Christian, this is what you're called to. And it's okay if it's a little bit uncomfortable today. I understand that. I acknowledge that. But look, as a pastor, I have a job to do that was given to be my by Jesus. And on certain days, my calling is to comfort the afflicted. But on other days, it is to afflict the comfortable. (laughs) So if you were comfortable today, I hope that in some way I just kind of nudged you out of your Cracker Barrel rocking chair. Because you're called to be on fire for Jesus. Amen. Hey, if you're in here today, I want to pray for you right now. If you're in here today and you're like, Lyle, not, this is not a salvation call. You're already saved. I, I, I get that, okay? So that's not what I'm asking for. If you're in here today and you're like, Lyle, I want you to pray for me because I've been a little bit too comfortable. I've been a little bit too comfortable. I think I might be caught in that cycle of consumerism and I would like to break out of it today, but I just don't know how. Would you lift your hand courageously right now? We're going to pray right now all together. Just lift your hand. If that's you, it's okay. Don't, don't feel ashamed about it. Come on, let's pray together right now. Awesome. So you guys can see there's hands lifted. Can you put your hand on somebody's shoulder who has their hand up? And it's probably, it's probably all of us to some extent, but I'm going to pray for those courageous ones in particular in Jesus name right now, God, we, we declare that, that the fetters are broken off, that the chains are shattered. God, that you have released us today from everything that's tied us down. What's been tying us down and holding on to us, God, is broken today in the name of Jesus Christ by the blood and the finished work of Jesus. Lord, we release your spirit, God. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill us, that you would empower us, that you would embolden us. God, that you would set our face towards you and that you would transform us today in your image. We confess that we are called to grow that we are called to mature and that we are called to bear fruit.